The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Well, welcome everyone to the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Yes, I am your host, Vincent Jenna, and I am coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. And I certainly hope that everybody is doing well um, as this unbelievable um, issue with the coronavirus continues, continues. Um, And of course, all the other events on the planet continue. Let's see, we are at beta for a storm out there, beta. I, I am 65 years old and I have never had the chance to truly experience, maybe I wasn't paying attention when I was younger, but um, I can't believe we got into the Greek alphabet in names of storms. Isn't that amazing? So um, it is interesting. It is a whole new world. And talking about newness, I want to wish all my Jewish friends and family um, a Lashana Tova, a happy new year, happy Rosh Hashanah, everyone, those of you who are celebrating. And we're actually going to be talking about Rosh Hashanah today on today's Stop Stopping Yourself show because it is an important holiday. All the holidays that we have created is that if you want to really hear an extremely interesting talk and lecture, go to my website, go to the digital audios and get the one called Life is a Hallmark Moment. Yes, it is. It is a Hallmark Moment. Um, You know, we'd like to believe that uh, businesses and Hallmark and all these industries commercialize everything uh, for the sake of making money. And yet we don't ever think that they're inspired too for some reason. And and yeah, we want to believe that it's just for making money, but there's so many other ways of being able to make money. You know, why do we have to um, acknowledge all of these holidays and turn them into these commercial events? Well, there's actually a specific reason for that and a very important reason for that. Realize everything happens for a reason. It's so funny, I'm doing a psychic class right now and I have um, almost 40 participants and get great questions each week. And one of the questions is, can you explain the concept of everything happens for a reason? Um, yeah, okay. So I'm going to, to explain that here briefly, just momentarily. I know you're spiritual beings, and so you understand that everything is in order in life and nothing happens randomly in this universe. This, you can't have randomness and orderliness at the same time. Um, I've spoken about this before. Um, even the chaos, there is such thing as the chaos theory, 
um, that chaos can produce eventually um, a, a non-randomness and orderliness. But if it can produce orderliness to start with, then it was never chaotic. It just is out of our norm of evaluation and uh, uh, or understanding. But you can't get order out of disorder. You can't get order out of disorder. Everything is ordered. So if everything is in order, then everything happens for some type of reason. If something goes in motion, it's because it was put into motion. So, and for us, whatever it is that happens, it's not luck, it's not chance, it's not randomness. There's a reason. Doesn't that, isn't that understandable? Doesn't that stand a reason that for something to happen, there has to be a reason why it happens? So there has to be a reason why commercialism took place. Excuse me. <clears throat> there has to be a reason why we even celebrate these holidays in order for commercialism to take place to start with. Why do we celebrate them? Well, for traditional reasons. That's the reason. For tradition, and especially with Judaism. Judaism is based on tradition. And in maintaining tradition, you remember who you are. You remember your heritage. You remember your roots. You remember God. So maintaining those traditions. But there's more than that because that's not just Judaism. Every single human, every single human on this planet maintains some form of tradition. Now, the typical traditions that we see, the holidays, that those are obvious. You know, Mother's Day, um, yes, it is a uh, United States-initiated holiday, believe it or not. I forgot who it was. Herbert Hoover? No. Um, Theodore Roosevelt, Roosevelt? I think it was in Roosevelt's time that... Um, a woman, and I, I don't have her name on the top of my tongue, a head and, and on the tip of my tongue right now, who wrote to the president and said that there should be a day honoring mothers. Okay, so that's how it was created. But it really is a worldwide event and an understanding. So traditions, another form of tradition is a habit. A habit. And humans are very habitual, very habitual. Um, obsessive compulsive humans are incredibly um, habitual and traditional. They have to do things in a certain order, in a certain way all the time. That's the extreme of it. And so the celebration part, the annual celebration is just the enjoyable part of tradition and habit. But it's for a reason. It's for a reason. And believe it or not, a tradition and celebrating a tradition winds up being one of the same reasons 
or we've created it to be one of the same reasons why we have habits, because we're used to it. We're used to it. And it's tended to lose a lot of meaning. So every year when a celebration comes up, we become used to celebrating it. But in actuality, we've lost a lot of the meanings behind all of the holidays and traditions that we celebrate. And right now we're coming into major season. Once fall gets here, um, actually I start from the 4th of July. Once the 4th of July gets here from me, I know it's one right after another, right? Especially since I am in a Jewish family and um, consider myself foundationally Jewish. My wife and her family are Jewish. And so we have Rosh Hashanah, and soon it's going to be Yom Kippur. We'll be talking about that next week, Day of Atonement. And then the holidays after that, then, of course, Halloween. And Halloween is not a children's holiday. It was actually a um, a specific religious holiday, um, All Hallows' Eve. Uh, And then, of course, you've got Thanksgiving. Then, of course, you have Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, um, all of those those winter celebrations. Um, And then it it starts all over again with a New Year celebration. So there's all of these holidays and they have become habits for us because we've forgotten really we've forgotten the underlying meaning of every single one of these holidays and celebrations and so uh, we think of it as okay well this is what we should be doing but do we really apply it so rosh hashanah what is rosh hashanah about and the symbolism behind rosh hashanah so so here it is it's a a new year celebration um, but specifically, they they use foods as well as, um, you know, other traditions and lighting candles and things like that. But a lot of the foods help in the celebration and the meaning part. So you, you get a challah, which is their bread. You say the prayer over the bread and you dip a piece of it in honey. In honey. So there is a lot of honey food served and sweet food served for Rosh Hashanah, noodle kugel, which is delicious, by the way. My wife makes an incredible noodle kugel. And and um, honey bread and, and honey cookies and their cookies. And it's all about celebrating and with the hope of a sweet new year, a sweet new year. So it's, yes, it's enjoyable and we all get together and um, we all wind up enjoying the dinner and the noodle kugel and I do the prayer over the blessing of the wine and the challah, the bread, dip it in honey and pass it around and everybody, you know, is, is enjoying the honey and we say, Happy New Year. But it, it just winds up going by just like, uh, you know, New Year's Day when we say Happy New Year. But it was intended to stop, stop life for a day. It's actually more than a day, seven days. Stop life 
during that time and reflect, reflect and actually the greatest reflection that they do and one of the most important days of the year in Judaism is Yom Kippur, which is coming up. It's after seven days of celebrating. So it's interesting that they celebrate the new year first and then the day of atonement after. And that's because during that whole time period, that whole week, you are and should be reflecting, reflecting on your year, reflecting on how you've lived reflecting on the choices you have made, on the choices you have made. So this is the major reason why these celebrations have been inspired to create for us, to remember, to, to, to constantly, now it's, it, you know, um, for it once a year, it happening only once a year, and that means you can get it through a whole year without reflecting at all. And so funny, it's a, it's laughable. There's always jokes about the difference between Christianity and Catholicism and Judaism is um, Catholics um, have to go to confession and they have their day of atonement almost weekly before church so that they can receive the body of Christ during the celebration of the mass, which is funny. And they always said, well, the Jews are smarter. They only made it once a year that they have to um, serve atonement, you know. And, and during that day of atonement, they fast, or at least you're supposed to fast and not eat at all. <clears throat> because you've been reflecting all week on what's been going on here. And during Yom Kippur, you are releasing that. You are letting go of it. You are sorrowful and um, forgiving yourself, forgiving everybody else. And that's what you're supposed to be doing. And a lot of praying, a lot of praying on that one day. Well, of course, if you wait once a year to do that, you probably do have a lot of praying to do. Um, but, you know, um, even Christians and Catholics, they uh, even if they went to confession weekly, they had a lot of praying to do also. So I find it interesting. But we created these purposely to try to remember who we are, to try to cleanse, cleanse out the old, cleanse out the old. You have a chance to renew. You have a chance to release um, you have a chance for mercy and restitution, restitution. That's there's that word again, not retribution, because you don't have anything to do. Now, unfortunately, with Catholics, you know, when you go to confession, depending upon how many sins you've committed, you have to go and do a rosary. You've got to do 10 of them, 20 of them, whatever. And some some religious orders you have to whip yourself a certain amount of times how horrible is that wow and in in judaism you fast that is your way of atoning fasting well 
not necessarily that you have to fast. Um, my family, my wife's family, were very uh, reformed Jews and didn't believe that they had to stop eating all day long. They tried at times, and um, grandma and grandpa used to really initiate it, and mom tried to follow it, but the kids would eventually sneak out of the house and go down to the corner deli and get some bagels or honey buns um, and sneak them in because they were starving. <laughs> so the children rarely made it through atonement. And if you really think about it, what do children have to atone for? That's always the concept is this atoning. You have to atone so that your name gets cleared. It's almost as if there's the, the book of life and what's happening is as long as you're atoning for your sins, it's like um, whatever saint or angel is up there, he's erasing. Okay, well, he did really well today. She did good. She got eight hours of fasting in, so we can erase, let's see, um, up until June. All the things she did wrong up until June, we can erase that. Ooh, uh, he didn't spend very much time fasting, so we can only go through maybe February and, and, and erase all of those bad things. You know, that that's all I see, you know, the image up there on the other side, that there's constantly judgment. So in every religion, there was still a form of judgment. However, that doesn't mean that the holiday itself was created for the wrong reason. It was created for the right reason. And we need to apply it better and understand it. So it doesn't make a difference what religious background or spiritual background you have. Pay attention to these holidays. This, this Rosh Hashanah. And boy, can we use a new year of sweetness. So why do we have to wait until December 31st to decide that one? Or January 1st that we're going to make a sweet year. Let's start now. Let's get that going. Um, and Judaism uses a different calendar than the Christian calendar anyway. So their new year starts today. Actually, it started already. So it's it's a matter of reflection, reflection and look at your life. Look at your life now. Look at the choices that you've made in your life. How how did this past year affect you? How well were you prepared to handle this stuff? What did you notice coming to the surface about you? Not about everything else, not about anybody else, not about your partner, about you. What came to the surface for you? This is what you you go internally, introspection and assessment. This is a good time to do that, Jewish or not Jewish. Even if you're Muslim, Hindu, Tibetan, it doesn't make a difference. Jehovah Witness, reflection and introspection is always sacred. It's always sacred because that's how you get to discover who you really are and you get to experience yourself. So what has gone on in your life? What has gone on in this past year? I know a lot of people that uh, the coronavirus has affected a, in a very negative way, a loss of job. 
you know, whether you were furloughed, whether you were laid off, whether you were fired, whether the business closed, business is closing. That causes a lot of issues and pains and problems for people. All the political stuff that went on that may have been negative. All of the the humanitarian stuff that went on. Um, you know, the abuse of people and protests and all of that stuff that went on, right? How did it affect you? Where were you in the involvement of that? Were you in the middle of that? Did you choose to get in the middle of that? What choices did you make this year to compensate for everything you were experiencing? See, that's that's the time. This is the time to reflect. And because we don't do it enough, we are being reminded. We are being reminded of what it is we need to do, we need to reflect, we need to think. We need to remind ourselves all of that, mm, right? We need to figure it out. We need to remember. So you going in on the inside there, you going in on the inside, you thinking, how, how well did you succeed in your, how well did you respond to everything? You know, that's, that's really, really important. How well, mm. you know, I know a lot of people who didn't necessarily respond very well. You know what I mean? Um, they were, I don't know, maybe more negative, maybe more hurtful of others, of themselves. That's hard to reflect on. Right. That's the stuff that we don't want to pay attention to. But it's during this time. It's before the end of the year that we need to do that reflecting. Now is the time, not later on, because here's the point. You could make such different choices to make the next year sweet. We're going to be going into a commercial break in just about five minutes, four minutes, actually. And when we come back, I definitely want to talk about how do you make those positive choices? How do you change the way you responded? Now, here, here is the thing. And if, and if you've got my workshop, God, it's not working, the lecture, that will help you understand this part in the levels. We have the defense mechanisms Right. You have to know that there's different choices that you can make, but the choices, the minds, the unconscious mind is going to train the subconscious mind. And your conscious mind also has a chance to train it. But if you go and you look at the model of the mind, you will see that the unconscious mind is far larger than the conscious mind. In fact, the conscious mind only accounts 
to two to five percent of your entire mind. Two to five percent of the entire mind is in conscious awareness. Ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of the rest of the mind, up oh, no, ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of the whole mind is in unconscious awareness. So let me clarify that. So two to five percent aware. And 95 to 98% is in your unawareness. And that includes the subconscious part. So if you remember the picture of the iceberg, you remember the picture of the triangle. As you get lower, those minds become bigger. So your subconscious mind is actually larger than your conscious mind. And it has to be that way because of so much of what it needs to control. It controls our autonomic bodily functions it makes you breathe it beats your heart it does all the other things secretes hormones that's all on a subconscious level and automatically but it also has automatic thinking and automatic responding now that's the trainable part that's the trainable part that's the part that you train how to respond with your conscious thoughts or your unconscious thoughts. And the unconscious mind includes all the thoughts, all the beliefs you've had from the moment you were conceived until today. Yes, I will say from the moment you are conceived, your mind, maybe not your brain is fully developed, but your mind already is part of that life and it absorbs. It absorbs the information it's receiving from the environment and the outer world while you're in that womb. And so if you're hearing negative or if there's negative vibrations out there because of, of the, your parents that are arguing or the situation or the poverty um, or, or all the chaos around the mother, you are absorbing that, okay? And we're going to continue to talk more about this so you understand how you can make a sweet new year and celebrate Rosh Hashanah, whether you're Jewish or not. So stay with me. I'm Vincent Jenner, your psychic therapist and medium. And this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show on Unity Online Radio. Come on back. Don't go anywhere. See you again. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Welcome back. Yes, this is Vincent Jen. I'm your psychic therapist and medium spiritual teacher. Um, we are talking about the holidays, especially Rosh Hashanah, for all my Jewish family friends out there who are celebrating Lashana Tova. And why do we celebrate? If you're just joining us now, we're talking about the importance of these holidays. They did not, they were not inspired for no reason. You know, they, 
God can't make us remember. Spirit cannot make us reconnect or remember who we are. But it can certainly do a job trying to remind us. And one of the ways it reminds us is through inspiration. Even Hallmark was inspired to be created. Go listen to Life is a Hallmark Moment. You will love it. Commercialism was also inspired by God to try to get it through to our thick heads and minds what we're supposed to be celebrating. But we keep forgetting why we're supposed to be celebrating. And it, it become just a habit, which is another word for tradition. Tradition sounds nicer than habit. It's a tradition. It shouldn't be a tradition in actuality. I think Jude got it wrong. When, when God said, go and do these things and remember, it's a remembrance then. Jesus even said, do this in, in memory of me. Celebrate each week. Each time you have Sabbath, Sabbath, which he was Jewish, so obviously it was Sabbath. And then Christianity turned it into Sunday because of the Christian calendar, right? Um, but it's because it's the exact same thing. God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh day. So that is supposed to be a, even that day, a day of reflection. All of the, everything we turned into habits. I don't care if you want to call it tradition, it's still a habit. And it becomes a habit when the meaning and the purpose has been eliminated or forgotten. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how we forgot that we should be reflecting. And I don't care if it's weekly, if it's annually, if it's on these certain days, but let's remember why we're remembering why do we need to celebrate these days why were we inspired why did spirit whisper in our ears and say create this holiday and remember it every year we have we have the other holidays coming up real soon right christmas hanukkah kwanzaa there's there's several more that I cannot remember off the top of your, my head. But if you go and you Google holidays, December holidays around the world, you will find quite a few of them because it's always a matter of coming to the end of a year and reflecting with the hopes of changing something. This coronavirus now, and, and this is the reason why these holidays now are most important at this time of the year. Rosh Hashanah, all of them, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever the holiday is, this is the most important time of the year because you have a chance of renewal renewal renewing renewing the 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 memory and connection renewing 
that we are divine beings, renewing that if we make a different choice and have a different belief, we will have a different outcome and we can transcend and transform our entire lives. We don't have to continue in the bad habit of suffering. And this was a sucky, horrible year. And please, oh my goodness, I hope my spiritual colleagues out there, okay, yes, it was a year of wonderful opportunity, wonderful opportunity to be able to make a difference. So yes, I actually have some colleagues slash acquaintances, I can't even call them friends, I won't call them friends, that actually said, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited because it's giving us so many wonderful opportunities. That's like saying, that's like saying, I'm excited. I just inherited a bunch of new toys because my brother died. I'm so excited. Now I have so much more in my life because he died. That excites me. That thrills me. Well, personally, that saddens me. That saddens me that we need to have our brothers and sisters die and suffer in order for us to gain anything. And I will tell you this right now, you've gained nothing. You do not gain anything. That You see, that whole theory and idea there is where christianity went off with the with the idea that we gained salvation with jesus's death no we gained nothing with jesus's death nothing we're supposed to gain something from his life and his teachings, as well as any other spiritual teacher's teachings. You know, India did not gain anything when Gandhi was assassinated. Blacks did not gain anything when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Everybody gained from their living and what they were trying to teach. So we gain from the teaching, not the ending. So this coronavirus, we have gained nothing from if we have not made a change. So opportunities are always there. Let's please stop saying that all of these negative things that happen in our lives present such wonderful opportunities. No, all these negative things that have been happening in our lives absolutely suck 100%. The storms all suck. What are we gaining from them? New ways to make buildings? Oh, I'm so excited because of this 26th storm that hit our community, we are now developing better buildings. Well, that's a bunch of nonsense, you know. It sucked that anything has to change after you suffer. And it'll especially suck if we don't make any changes for the new year. So, yes, this year was horrible. It was horrible. Don't let go of it so fast. 
I'm not going to let you let go of it. I'm going to remind you how terrible it was every so often. I'm going to remind you because you do have an incredible opportunity every wakened moment of your life, every conscious moment of your life to make a difference, to retrain your subconscious mind, which is what we were talking about before the commercial break. So your unconscious mind is what's grabbed hold of your subconscious mind, and it has trained it. So when you see yourself responding in a negative way, it's not because of just your conscious thinking. It's because of your unconscious thinking. And the problem with your unconscious thinking is you don't hear that. You don't hear it. Even if your conscious thinking is saying, oh, I love my neighbor, I'm a good person. But your unconscious mind is doing some horrible thing, some horrible, whether it be a racist act. Or fear is, is coming out and causing you to respond in a very fearful, negative way. That's the unconscious control of your subconscious mind. And because it's the largest part of your mind, it has the most control. So what do you do then? What do you do then? You have to retrain, not just your subconscious mind, but your unconscious thoughts as well. And it's a constant reinforcement. It's a constant reaffirming. It's a constant acknowledging and a repeating of who you really are. It's constant and daily practices, practices of introspection. How am I feeling today? What am I thinking today? It's a constant mindfulness to be aware of what you're feeling and thinking so that it doesn't just happen by itself because that's what happens. It's automatic. Mindfulness intentionally is not just about enjoying the moment. That's another thing that they decided to use this mindfulness in. Oh, yes, you don't. You want to live in the here and now. You want to live in the here and now. You want to pay attention to the here and now. So that way you don't, um, uh, you're in touch with your essence. You're aware of your essence. Well, you also want to live in the here and now. So you're aware of your thoughts. The unconscious thoughts, if you pay attention in the here and now as to what you're thinking, what you're feeling, you have the opportunity to change the thoughts if you don't like them, to change the behaviors if they're negative and you don't like them. That's what living in the here and now is all about, primarily. Because we are such creatures of habit and that subconscious mind is so trained, only paying attention to the here and now and what you're thinking here and now and feeling here and now gives you the opportunity of changing that. If you have to go back, and reflection is important, but if you have to go back to think about what you were thinking, that's usually the hardest. That's the hardest time because you don't always recall the, the accurate response and feeling. You know that. Oh my gosh, let me tell you something. I am 65 years old and I'm not saying I am old, but I'm telling you right now, at by the time I'm 65 years old, memories have already changed. 
and not necessarily just for me, mostly for others, probably for me too, if, if I had a chance to go back. And just looking in my own lifetime, when I'm reviewing my past, how it was possible that I changed some of those memories of the past, can you imagine over history, historically, over 2,000 years, how it's possible to change the memories that we had, the stories that we went through. Oh my gosh. I know some people in my family that have a really bad habit and they're not even just 65 years old where they're going back into the past and creating new memories for themselves. And the reason why that happens is because of the way you're training your subconscious mind. So if you're building a case Right. If you're sitting there talking negatively to yourself uh, or sitting, let's say it's about a person. You know, you're just sitting there. I can't believe, you know, how much he he, you know, he bothered me. He abused me. The things he was saying or she was saying. Right. And, and you keep repeating those kinds of things as time goes on. It can be worse and worse and worse, and it can compound. And now, all of a sudden, a very minimal, you know, defensive action on the part of somebody else became an entire torment and abuse to you. Now, uh, I'm not saying that anybody who has been abused is remembering it wrong. Or no, I promise you that. I actually can recall... I can recall absolute incidences through my childhood because those get very much ingrained inside of you and those memories are not altered at all. So there will be memories that are absolutely true, but then there will be others that will be exaggerated or minimized, repressed, repressed by your brain to protect you. So so the reason why I'm saying this is because it's important to assess on a daily basis. It's an importance to retrain your subconscious mind by feeding it the positive, by feeding it positive. And look, because of the stress that's going on today, it makes it that much more difficult. Yeah, I know um, you may be attending a spiritual center, listening to unity. There's wonderful um, unity centers all over, right? And online, you can get to so many of them online now, which is fabulous. So, so uh, you can be fed by all these different spiritual leaders, whether it be in unity, which is fabulous, or science of mind, centers for spiritual living. There's wonderful spiritual leaders out there and you're listening to them and that's feeding you and that's feeding you. And then during the course of the week, all of a sudden you're talking about what you're afraid of and you're afraid that you won't have the money for this and you're afraid of it. And you go and uh, like what what happened to all that stuff that you were just listening to? Because you have to do more than just listen, even with me right now. Right. I've got I got a wonderful listening base that keeps following me and keeps listening. And I appreciate you. Thank you all. I love you all. Some of you are even in my class. And and I love you for taking the class. I love you for coming back. But do yourself a favor. Don't listen to me. Hear what I'm saying and then apply. Anybody can just listen. You can listen to music.
You know how you can put headphones on, and people do this all the time now, right? They put headphones on, they're listening to music, and they're doing their work. How are they doing that? How do you listen to music and do your work at the same time? It's because you can listen without paying attention. You can listen without applying. In order for any of this to work, in order for your own lives to work, you have to listen and hear. And the way you hear is by taking what you're listening to and applying it and doing the work and going within and talking with yourselves and listening to that little kid and bringing that little kid to the surface to find out what you are feeling. How have I responded? Am I really as positive as I'd like to believe I am? And I assure you, the majority of you are not. You are not because the defensive part of your brain is wanting to convince you you are. We all want to believe we are more spiritual than we really are. And he, and here's my point. I'm, I'm not reprimanding anybody for not being as spiritual as they really are, think they are. And I'm not saying I'm, th I'm better than you. That's not the point. I'm looking at the world and I'm seeing what's happening in the world and I'm seeing the torment and I'm seeing the hurt. And yes, there are wonderful opportunities. There's incredible information out there. Wonderful stuff. But people are not applying, and I will use that word, but, because it negates the first part. It really doesn't negate the first part of what you said. I do believe that there's wonderful information out there. The but is interceding and, and interjecting another idea. That's what the but is doing. Again, somebody had to come up with, don't say but, it's not politically correct. You want to say and, because when you say but, it negates everything you just said. No, it doesn't. I'll put a period, okay? So there is wonderful information out there, far more information than ever before. I will absolutely acknowledge that and validate that. Okay, so did everybody hear that? I am saying there is incredible information out there, period. New sentence. However, isn't that another way of saying but? However, no matter how much of that wonderful information there is out there, it is not being applied enough. And the proof is reflect upon your lives right now. How have you been feeling? How fearful? How angry? How resentful? Just use that level. Assess. Don't be afraid to. Don't. And I don't want you to condemn yourself when you find out. Oh wow, I'm I'm I didn't do as well this year, did I? I was feeling pretty crappy about everything that's going on. I've been frustrated, and my kids have been staying home from school, and that's been frustrating. And I've been, my hours have been cut back. I received a cut in pay. We're in the process of moving. We just bought a new home. Oh, my God, are we going to be able to afford it? I don't know what's happening. Is my job going to be lasting? Is my partner, am I really supposed to be? Is it just so annoying being with this person all the time? I don't know if I'm meant to be married, if I'm meant to be in this relationship. I need to be by myself. 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling um, criticized and not appreciated. Um, I'm getting ill. I have all this anxiety. I have all of these pains. My back has been hurting more lately. I don't sleep as well. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I've been gaining all of this weight. I hate that I'm gaining all of this weight. I don't care what it is you come up with, one of those statements or another one or another thought. Think about how much of that has been coming into your mind and then decide how far long are you spiritually given the amount of those negatives that have come into your life because of what's been going on. How affected have you been by this coronavirus? That's not even just what your thoughts are. How affected have you been by it? This has been affecting almost everybody. I can't say everybody. Some people actually have been thriving more now given the type of, of career that they have, maybe a helping career. I know people, I have some colleagues that have been extremely busy. I personally have been very busy this year, very busy. So I'm not saying I'm thriving off of everybody else's suffering, but I can tell you that I've not been affected personally in that way. Emotionally, I have compassion. I care. So yes, that part is affecting me, but it is not bringing me down. As a matter of fact, it's empowering me to work even more to help. I've been receiving more energy than before in order to help and use it so that I'm not running out. That's the other thing. And people are, well, I'm getting tired of all the work that I'm doing. Oh, my gosh, compassion, fatigue. And well, then you tapped into the wrong energy in the wrong way. Because when you are connected to source and you're open and you are following your practice. Then you're going to thrive from that. And and again. Don't get me wrong, I am tooting my horn on how well I'm doing, but I'm not tooting my horn to try to make you feel bad, it's to inspire you to understand that it's possible and I'm no one special. I'm no better than any one of you listening to me right now or any one of you who are going to download this podcast. I am no more special than you. But damn it, I've been working 37 hard years on myself. And therefore, there should be some results and there are results. And I have created a spiritual bank account that I've been telling you all about. This is why you continue. And I do reflect and I reflect more than once a year. Yes, this is Rosh Hashanah and I am absolutely celebrating it and knowing that I'm going to add my family and I are going to do the best we can to add that honey and sweetness to the new year. And I'm not just adding it for us. We are symbolically and energetically adding it for everyone else, those who cannot do it for themselves because they are such at a low state. But acknowledge your low state. Acknowledge the level that you're at. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You're not bad people. You're not faulty people. You're not weak people. We have to stop condemning ourselves for our lower choices. 
because that's what keeps us from facing them. But we can't, and there's the but again, we cannot ignore the lower choices. You want to do it privately? Do it privately. I don't care. You want to share it with other people in a group? Yeah, talk about it. It makes you feel better to know other people have made lower choices too. Oh my gosh, I can't believe the lack of tolerance I've had. Holy cow. I can't believe how impatient I was with my family, my children, my spouse, my partner, my boss. Wow, okay, I'm going to do better. I am going to do better. Why not? There you go. That's what the reflection is about. Oh, my gosh, the moment you recognize it. Damn, I don't have as much faith as I want to have. I actually have been developing a little bit more faith and, well, a lot more faith. I've, I've always shared with everybody that I wish I believed as some people believe in God and spirit and that all of this is real. Believe it or not, I still work it, but I'm going to acknowledge right now I had my doubts. Well, Lashana Tova, Happy New Year to everybody. Go reflect. Realize how magnificent you really are in the process of acknowledging the weaknesses and the lower choices you may have made so that you can make newer choices now for yourself, for your life, for the world. Have an incredible week. We've run out of time. I'm Vincent Jenna, your psychic therapist and spiritual teacher. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Hang in there for our incredible hosts coming up and have a blessed week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.